everybody, and welcome to the weekly podcast that is actually only on monthly or bi-monthly or whatever. Um, a pretty noble idea tonight, White Line Fever Live. The noble idea was to uh, get the band back together, a band that I was never in, uh, but uh, I thought I could be like, um, you know, um, um, Brian Epstein, the manager of the Beatles, and I could uh, I could get them back together. And um, we've got one half of last year's uh Podcast hit of the summer. Um, it was uh, uh, Whippets and Flat Caps. And uh, from the Salford Red Devils, it's Mark Flanagan. How are you, Mark? I'm good, thanks, Matt. How are you? Good, good. Uh, now, we were hoping that your uh, partner in crime would uh, dial in from across uh, the Atlantic, um, John Wilkin. We yeah. haven't heard from him yet. Any news? Has he been seen? I've just messaged him. I thought it'd be a long shot, to be honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know he's enjoy, enjoying Toronto because he's not been speaking to me for a few days. Um, he's, <laughs> he's the hardest guy in the world to get hold of. He's so scassy. Um, so, yeah, I was hopefully beyond, but I kind of knew his true colours and knew that he'd probably get distracted by a dog or someone having a chat. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's John. But, yeah, I'm I'm here and I'm, I'm, I'm up for a good chat anyway. That's good, man. I appreciate your time. You've had a day off training today, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So um, we play we play Leeds on Friday. So we we did a session yesterday and a session tomorrow. And after Easter, with with a lot of games in a short space of time, um, we we don't really spend too much time on the training pitch. It's more about recovery and, and getting the body right. So hopefully after this weekend, uh, we'll have a decent turnaround and we'll be able to um, you know get, get some more time on the field. I've tried to be a bit professional here, but I'm still getting used to this technology. But I have a look at this. There we go, an agenda item. Um, what happened to uh, uh, flat caps and whippets? Uh, what? Why? Why isn't the podcast around this year? Well, we 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 were going to start it at the beginning of the year, uh, and then Will, uh, the anchor, the anchor man as he calls himself, and, and likes to think of a bit of a Ron Burgundy type. He's been working <laughs> around quite a lot. He does a lot in football for the BBC, so he wasn't really around much at the start of the year, and. With John um, heading over to Toronto, it was just logistically uh, a bit of a struggle to get it, uh, get us back together. But we are hopeful of maybe doing something towards the end of the year or, or maybe as summer rolls around, we might try and get a couple of shows in. So uh, maybe watch this space. Tell me about what your aim... I know I did a story about it for um, uh, forty twenty, but... When you got when you started doing it, was the ambition to maybe get picked up by the BBC or get picked up by Rugby AM, or did you did you have a kind of uh, something at the a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow when you started doing it? Um, there was a little an element of it, yeah. We to, to, to begin with, we started it because we John and I obviously speak about lots of things as as we're the best of mates, but we used to speak about rugby quite a bit, and then Will who's an avid sports fan and, and works for BBC Sport and 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 really embraced rugby league these last couple of years. We just got, started talking and it was a natural kind of conversation we had most weeks when we'd catch up for a brew. So we thought we'd we'd, we'd start it and, and, and just basically record the conversations that we had. And then it kind of took off and we managed to get some guests on the show and we built a, a bit of a cult following for, for a while there last year. And, and the idea was was probably to, to maybe monetize it and, and to get it more into the mainstream. Uh, and we have had some conversations about doing that. Um, there has been a bit of interest in, in sponsorship and, you know, taking it to the next level. But um, we're quite relaxed with it. If, if it. if it comes to that, great. If not, we've really enjoyed doing it. And um, 
and like I said, we've we've a bit of a cult following. We, um, I was on a I was on a plane actually last year, going to um, I was going away with with the wife on holiday at the end of the season, and I got on a plane from Manchester to Heathrow before flying off to the states, and we were sat there. We were sat in three seats uh, out the back in economy near the toilets, and my wife was in the middle. I was in the aisle. And the guy in the window seat was actually listening to our podcast <laughs> on the flight. I was on. I could not believe it. And he was in his own little world, and I didn't. I didn't want to disturb him or anything. But he was listening to one of the episodes, and I, I was pretty buzzing to see that. It was, it was quite cool to see people who I don't know in the in just the general public who don't know John, Will, or myself actually listening to, to the show. And he seemed. How to did you know though? Life. He must have had it turned up really loud. But I could see it on his iPod. In his, on his iPod. <laughs> It was kind of on the table, and I could see the, our little logo, so that, that was pretty cool. Now the other the other thing that I obviously we had a bit of Toronto. I had more faith in John than you did, so um, I had I had um, um, a few Toronto items in here. But I, I want to ask you about your year this year, mate, and also at Salford because um, all the uh, on the field it's it's pretty all very positive uh, from the team yeah. for the club and. Um, but off the field, there's always speculation sort of buzzing around. How, how would you kind of, um, how would you sum up the year so far? Well, on the field, I think we've we've gone well. We're, I think we're, we're six wins and seven losses, and a lot of our wins have been quite clear wins. We've we've outplayed teams. We've we've outplayed Warrington at their place, Catalan away, a really resounding result there, and we've had some big wins. And then a lot of our losses have been tight games where we felt that we've lost the game rather than been outplayed or beaten by a better side. We've either given away loads of penalties or completed really low or individual errors have, have cost us. So I think we're quite confident that when we're on our game, we can really mix it with the best. So we'll be looking for you know this middle part of the season to really kick on. Um, off the field, I think, yeah, it's been quite well documented over the years that Salford isn't one of the stronger clubs in Super League. Um, you know, There's whispers about... Um, financial difficulty and and since I've been there I've, I've never been paid a day late I've never seen anything like that um, but you do hear the rumours and um, it's no secret that we don't get the same crowds as other teams and you know our average attendance was was quite a bit below all the other teams last year so um, it is I think it is a bit of a struggle for the club um, you know I've been played with the likes of Wigan and Saints you see the commercial department and, and the back office uh, of those teams, and there's and there's people everywhere, and, and they're they're so well uh, well funded in, in in that respect. And I think it's all for the struggle with having a bit of a skeleton staff, and um, and it's not it's not as as well financed, and probably as a consequence, runners of as, as other clubs. But um, we do keep it tight knit in terms of everyone in, in, involved with the club is is very passionate and and wants the club to, to succeed. So uh, I think if we can kick on with a good season and have some real good success on the field. I think hopefully that, that'll um, that'll escalate to off the field as well. Do you find yourself when you run out to warm up, kind of looking around and saying, well, how many's here today? You know, and, and wondering what impact that's going to have on, on the bottom line of the club and thinking about all those things that you wouldn't think about at Wigan and Saints? A little bit, yeah. Um, our fans are really vocal as well, so they probably trick you into thinking there's twice as many <laughs> there than there actually is. But yeah, I mean the best the best moments of my career have always been either winning a grand final or a Wigan Saints derby where the atmosphere is electric and and you've played in front of a a very loud, busy partisan crowd and um, unfortunately we don't get that at the AJ Bell Stadium and it, it is something that um, 
I don't want to say disappoints me, but I, I, I do probably sometimes prefer playing at away grounds where the atmosphere is that bit better. Um, yeah. So you, you do notice it, and I think uh, our home form been a, a lot worse than our away form this year. So that that might be uh, a consequence of that. But you know, it's quite a big stadium, and it does need filling at times. But yeah, you, like us players aren't dumb, and we can see that um, lower attendances probably mean less eyes on 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 the pitch and. Probably con- there's a consequence of that have less sponsorship because there's less interest in the club, and you know that does mean they'll probably spend a less a lot less than other clubs. So, um, yeah, we, we do notice it, but it's not really worrying. We're very confident in, in the team we've got. Mark, um, this is a kind of a big day in the year of any rugby league player in this country because I believe today's a day where you get a letter saying whether you're required or not next year, yeah. or maybe you are, and also. Um, we've already had seven names leak out from Wigan of players that they have been offered to other clubs, like by the close of business today. Um, can oh, you just take, can you just yeah, it's on the total RL. Can you take us inside May one for for a rugby league player? Um, well, I've never really had much of. Um, I've never really had a, had a, had a a problem with it because I've or an issue with it because I've never really kind of ran out the last year of my contract apart from at Saints when I did but I kind of knew what was going to happen by this point but I've never been in a situation where I'm waiting for this day to get receive a letter uh, regarding my employment um, so I've, I've heard whispers of other players who the last couple of weeks they've had conversations with the club whether it's a yes or a no or one lad received a maybe letter and it was it was still up in the air whether he was going to stay uh, and you do hear little grumblings about that, and it probably does play on the minds of some players because if they're fighting and, and and playing for a new contract, it probably does affect how they play and how they train. They might be a bit more desperate on the field. They might play through injuries in order to get on the field and prove themselves, and they might be a bit greedy and, and a bit more selfish on the field to make themselves look good. But um, from my point of view, I've never really had an aspect, uh, an issue with it or... To, to come to terms with it, so um, I think it is good though for for the clubs for the players to be given a decent amount of time to, to like look elsewhere, and it's quite a competitive market out there. So there'll be probably a lot of players vying for contracts these ne- next few months. Yeah, like um, I mean, when when you've got like uh, Robert Louis, you know, you come home from London, you had a good win, and there's all this stuff in the press. You know, Robert Louis leaving and you know, chance on the terraces and then there's a leaked financial report and there's a player got suspended. Um, what it, Does that ruin your celebrations? Do you? Do, I mean, I just wonder how much it kind of um, um, really sort of sinks in or, do you, or is your focus totally on we had a win yesterday and I don't, I don't really care about any of that, any of that stuff, you know? Um, well, I, well, yeah, we don't really care about it. I mean, I did hear the Rob Louie um, story. And yeah. I, I, I've, I've played with Rob. I played with the West Tigers in 2010, so I've known him longer than anybody else at the club, and I, I know he's a good kid, and uh, I know exactly what he's like, and I get on really well with him. And there was, a, apart from the odd comment when we go for a coffee, and in terms of how good the schools are in Hull for his for his two sons, or how he's going to get the training when he moves over there, but, like we don't know what's happening, and I've, I've not asked him, but there's a bit of joking, a bit of uh, there's a bit of jibe in there. But like, if Rob decides to leave and he's, he's got a great contract, we wish him well. We and we'll know we'll be able to pick up another good player. So we understand the industry and and know that you know we're mates, but we we kind of we just work together as well. So we, we know it's not forever. And uh, I think I think in our game because we're not as well paid as other sports in terms of football and and rugby union. And 
we kind of if I always judge it that if I see another lad get offered a really good deal or something that can help set up his family, like I or none of my teammates would begrudge that player for for doing that. I think if they do things the right way and and um, and handle things properly, not like Sonny Bill all those years ago walking out on the Bulldogs to sign a big deal with Toulon. I think as long as you do things the right way by your teammates, they'll they'll accept whatever decision lads decide to make. I am just getting messages off John. It says, I've just finished training in Toronto. I've got treatment with the physio. <laughs> so, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's gonna happen. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, Will um, said that it, on Twitter, it won't, it'll be it'll be shit without me. And so I offered him the opportunity to call in, but he hasn't accepted. Uh, we're halfway through, so I should mention uh, that uh, uh, discount code is uh, whippets and flat left flat caps and wh- which one which way Whip, around was it? Whippets and flat caps. <laughs> whippets and flat caps. That's it. So if you go to the uh, those Toronto um, um, tour t-shirts on maskellbrowns.com, uh, I should probably type in uh, the that stuff. But anyway, um, it's uh, it's 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 you get ten pounds and one p off. So there'll be one ninety nine plus postage. So there you go. You can't you can't ask better better than that. Come on, maybe we were going to do some broad brush stuff with John because I'm really interested in his first experiences in Toronto. I just wanted, from your point of view, Mark. I mean, is the game at a bit of a crossroads now? Is is uh, they're kind of like uh, lines of demarcation between uh, expansionists and the kind of uh, traditionalists? Um, um, you know, can we have a future? Uh, that has both Salford and Toronto um, in it. Um, what, where, where are we, do you think? How would you characterise where we are as a, as a sport at the moment? Um, well, in life, I'm always trying to be quite... Myself, I'm always trying to be quite ambitious and, th- and strive for the best and aim for the stars. And I, I'm, I'm quite impressed with how Toronto are going, actually. Having watched the game at the weekend with seeing the reported 9,500 there, I think that's great for the game. And I don't think... They should be held back in order to wait for the rest of the teams to push up. I think it's up to Salford and the rest to to strive to be better and always improve rather than dragging the top teams down, which I think sometimes in rugby league we do. Um, it's, it, for a team that's in its third season to get that much interest and that much support in a completely new country, I think is 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 a great achievement, and I think it's exciting to see where it can go from here. Um, Obviously, there's there's a lot needs to be done in this country, and um, I don't think the traditional heartlands of the game should be left behind. However, it's a business at the end of the day, and clubs need to look after themselves, and they shouldn't just wallow in their old ways and do things they've always done and expect the game just to to wait for them to catch up. Or, or John actually always said that sometimes in rugby league it's a race to the bottom rather than a race to the top, and we kind of we just dwell on past times a little bit too much and and we need to be a bit more ambitious and forward thinking and really go out and and and, and show what we're all about as as a great sport we are and um I think in in terms of the Toronto the Toronto Wolfpack, it's the exposure of, of of rugby league being a pioneer in a new city in a new country is something great. And if you know, there's talk of other teams, New York and Ottawa, jumping on the coattails. I think if that can happen and we can really establish ourselves in, in on that, you know, North American Eastern Seaboard, uh, it could be really exciting. And you know, it, it can be great for the game over here in terms of, you know, expo- ex- increased exposure and sponsorship and 
you know, there's some blue chip companies that are involved with sport in Toronto, and if they can get on the back of it, you know, who who knows where it'll go. But I think it's has to be a united front in terms of, like, like I said, traditional clubs in the north of England, and you know, expansion. But I don't think we should go too crazy with the expansion. But if there's a um, a solid uh, feasible business plan for it for it to grow over there, then I think we should should accept it and, and, and roll with it. Today is the first day that um, Ottawa and New York can enter the player market. Um, have they? Have you heard any whispers? Um, They've not they, called. <laughs> How popular will, will they be? Uh, players, um, I mean, you know, there's NRL players, obviously, like Darcy Lussick and Ricky Latelli have, who've gone to Toronto. Obviously, it's because it's Toronto. Um, yeah. I just, I mean, is, is there a similar vibe here or, or is there um, a bit of trepidation on the part of players about about hopping over the Atlantic uh, to, to go to a new team. But I'll just hold you there because I want my batteries on 2%, so I'll just yep. see if you yep. can grab me uh, a spare charge. Just hold on a sec. No, no worries. So, uh, probably the first thing I should do is remind you all that um, you can get a Toronto uh, T-shirt for just one ninety nine by going to Mascot Browns. Uh, 199 plus postage. You go to Mascot Browns and look for the summer tour T-shirts and uh, at checkout with the, uh, uh, whip, Whippets and Flat Caps. Whippets and Flat Caps. Yeah, Whippets and Flat Caps. That's the uh, um, the discount code. Uh, just one big long word, and uh, you'll you'll get a, a 10 pound and one p discount. So you'll be able to get it for just 199. Try to have a few discounts to encourage people to watch this. Some people will probably. Don't want to hear from me, but they wouldn't mind a bargain. So, uh, so uh, uh, apologies about that. No, that's okay. That's okay. So, mate, um, tell us uh, what. Yeah, like I mean, how willing do you think players will be to go over there? And is there some trepidation about you know is this real money? Will we get paid on time? All that sort of stuff. Um, does it depend where you are in your life, whether you're married and got a family, or whether you're single? Um, how enthusiastic do you think the players will be? I, I, having spoken to the thank you, spoken to the Toronto guys on how excited and they've been and how much of an eye opener it is, I think there'll be a lot of interest. To be honest, I think similar to when Toronto were in League One a couple of seasons ago, I don't think they'll get the same quality player they've got now in terms of Latelli and Ashton Sims and John and a few of the other guys. But I think they'll they will get some interest. Mm. Um, and you know, if I was a lot younger and I wanted to see a bit of the world and, and fancy a new challenge. I, I, I'd, I'd definitely do. I don't think, you know, I've got a little, got our first child on the way in a few weeks and I've got a business with John and a few other things. So I'm probably not, not in a position myself to do it. But I, I think it, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity for lads. And, you know, if you're born and bred in the north of England and you've never seen the world and a chance to live in New York and, and play rugby league, is, it comes up. I think, I think it'd be an unbelievable opportunity. And, and like I said, I, I can see a lot of response from the from when lads signed for Toronto a few years ago. And, you know, if they can build the way that, that Toronto have done, I think, I think it'll be a great opportunity. John has, uh, John's just sent me a text and said, have you started? Uh, so you never know. We might get him here uh, uh, by the end of the show. Um, I heard you guys talk a fair bit during your podcast last year about the lot of players in this country. And, uh, by, by I mean, you know the the financial hardship, um, you know the minimum wages at some uh, Super League clubs, um, and also the players' union seems to be um, a bit flimsy, a bit touch and go. Um, I think they might have 
Did did uh, Gareth Carvel just take another job recently? I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, he's um, involved with the GMB and, and the new players union. And I, I met with him a few months ago, and I think they're trying to get it up and going again and, and get some um, more. I don't want to say rights for the players, but a bit more protection for players in terms of injury and and um, relegation and in terms of the contracts to make sure they're protected. So yeah, I think Gareth is trying to champion that at the minute. How? how I mean, you played in the NRL. Is it still? Is 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 are things around clubs now what they were in the NRL when when you were there, West Tigers, or are they still catching up? Are they still not at the point where they were when you were at West Tigers? You know, um, I haven't sports seen science. Huh? Oh, sport, in terms of in terms just of just generally, you know, yeah, professionalism. Professionalism, I'd say, it's probably similar to the Tigers when I was there, um, which was eight years ago. I'd say it's pretty similar now. Um, Having spoken to, I speak to the Burgess lads quite a bit and a few other NRL boys and speaking to them quite regularly, I know it's gone on a few levels since then and it's a few levels above where we are now. So I think there, is, there always is that catch-up in terms of sports science and, and it all comes down to money at the end of the day. There's so much money over there and, and it's, it's all allocated towards you know creating these amazing athletes and, and there's amazing athletes over here as well but there's there's a lot of factors over there that, that, that help the boys over there become, you know, even stronger, fitter, faster with, you know, they get an extra month of pre-season, they get longer break in, in the off-season, uh, they don't play as many games, so there's there's more time to train and and, and build themselves up uh, physically. Um, and there's there's a lot more talent, oh, and there's a lot more depth of talent as well, so um, lads, lads have to be at the top of the game for longer and, and, and being top tip top shape. So there's a lot of factors as to why that's the case, but um, there's a lot of things that Super League should be proud of as well. Yeah, John, John's just been sending me texts now saying, uh, "Do you do you need Facebook?" And uh, yeah, he doesn't. So I don't think we're going to hear from him. So we'll finish up pretty soon. But tell us what it's what it's like to have your business partner um, like up and go because it's just happened to me with Mascot Browns with Phil who's gone back to Australia. Um, what sort of what sort of challenges does it uh, does it present when uh, when when suddenly you're doing all your communication um, over the over the phone? Well, John's terrible at communication, so put in <laughs> a five-hour um, time difference, and the fact that he's enjoying a new city is even tougher. But um, yeah, we've had a bu- the business now for coming up to five years, so we've. We're kind of used to working with each other. We've never had a falling out in that time, and I, and I don't think we will, to be honest. We understand each other very well, and we're kind of very um, conscientious of each other's time and effort, and, and we kind of always strive to, to keep it even. Uh, having said that, within being away, I've had to probably do a bit more than usual, and um, you know, after training, I've been probably doing a bit more than usual. But you know, I've, like I said earlier, I've got my wife and I have got our first child on the way. So as soon as that comes along, I'll be switching my phone off and changing um, <laughs> nappies, and he can do all, all the donkey work. So yeah, we, we keep it pretty well balanced. But I think this year might be a bit of a struggle. We've got a fair bit on with another shop opening and other things. And if he's going to be in Toronto, sunning himself and, and drinking <laughs> beer and eating tacos like he was the other night, I think it might be a bit more difficult for myself. <laughs> so what? Um, tell us, tell us about the business. Some people watching may not be aware of it. It's a coffee shop in uh, in, in Manchester. Where are you spreading to? Um, yeah, well, and, yeah, yeah. We we um, we opened five years ago. It's a specialty coffee shop in Manchester. Um, I kind of 
having played in the NRL, living in Sydney, I was spending most afternoons drinking coffee and eating avocado and poached eggs on toast in the afternoon and a really healthy lifestyle and, and, and a real, it's a real cafe, um, coffee and cafe culture over there, as you'll know. When I came back to England, played with John at St. Helens and we kind of um, became good mates and I took him to a place similar to what I'd experienced. Um, I, I took him to this place in London that was similar to a few of the spots in Sydney and we both decided it'd be, be cool to do something in Manchester and we opened um, the shop Pocketful Black. It was a week before the grand final in 14 that we won. Um, and then we kind of extended that site. So we've, we've got a full kitchen. We've got about 70 covers. Uh, we've opened our own little in-house bakery. So we bake our own bread and, and brownies and pastries every day. Uh, we opened our second site last year. It's in the, the business district of Manchester. Um, and then we're probably we're going to be opening a third site later in the year and, and potentially a fourth one next year in 12 months. So uh, what turned out as a bit of a hobby and a, a bit of a... Um, a bit of a far-flung plan to, you know, do something cool off the field. It's kind of turned into, it's quite a, a good little business to be honest, and it's um, it's quite exciting to, to see see it grow over these next few years. And it's it's definitely something I'll do um, when I retire. Just sipping coffees in the corner and telling people what to do all day sounds good. We actually have a question from a viewer from Stuart Wood. When's the Toronto branch of Pot Kettle Black opening? What's the answer when, there? When John pulls his finger out. Think. <laughs> it's unlikely. <laughs> and then we'll finish up by just asking what the future holds for you, Mark. Um, you just talked about the coffee shop and doing that when you retire from rugby league. What's uh, are you at Salford next year? Uh, what 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 are your plans? Yeah, I've got another year at Salford. I think when I signed my last contract, they wrongly announced that it was two year deal. I've actually I signed a three year deal at the time. So all right. Um, so that that's I'll be, I'll be there next year. That'll take me up to just. Just about to turn 33 at the end of next season. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I'm pretty open-minded about it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'll see how the body's feeling and, and see what how I feel in myself. To if I'm still enjoying it, I'll, I'll continue to play. If Salford will have me, that will that'll be the case. Mm. Um, otherwise, I might go and play elsewhere or I might hang up the boots. Uh, I'm not too sure. I think as long as I'm feeling good in my body and I want to do it, I think. Um, I will continue. I'd, I'd, I don't like seeing players kind of just carry on playing for the just for the sake of earning a few quid, and or when when the body's battered and they kind of they can't get out of bed on a Monday morning. I don't, I don't see myself doing that. But as long as this, I still want to do it and the, the body's saying it's it's okay, I, I'll continue to play. So okay. Last question: If you could change one thing about rugby league in this country, uh, Mark, what what would it be? What would you change? Oh, that's a good question. Um, what would have changed? I think um, the stereotypes of the game, which is something that we probably play up to a little bit. We we certainly did with our podcast with with the name of <laughs> Black Caps. But I think there is a stigma of of rugby league and of what people perceive it to be. And uh, I think I'd like to change that. And and probably I know it's probably a job for Robert Elson and the new team of Super League to kind of change people's perceptions of the game. But I think it's something that's held it back and. I think if once that's done and we can kind of brand ourselves as a, a young, exciting, great sport that we are, I think we'll, we'll go, go leaps and bounds. Mark, thanks for your time tonight. It's kind of didn't go exactly as we thought it would, but I thought it was great. And uh, thank, thanks for joining us. No, cheers, Steve. Thanks a lot. I'll, I'll see you soon.